0: Welcome to the third heat of series one of Slash Dupe, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. You've waited long enough. In today's episode, we'll be pitting the winning ideas from six of our previous episodes against each other in a pitching showdown to find out which one idea goes straight into the finals taking place at the end of the season. I'm Sean, and with me are Ryan and Dan, and together we'll be pitching the previous six Slashdupe winners to our adjudicator today. Ryan, what happens to today's winner?
1: Today's winner will go into the pool with the previous two winners of the Adjudicator Heats, which will then be pitched into the grand final, which will be like this. But on a stage, no, maybe not on a stage, but <laughs> it will be uh, on, a, on a proverbial stage. Um, and we will then decide which one gets turned into a trailer.
0: Yes. So, Dan, our dear listeners have that in store for them. What, what, what happens? What does that mean at the end of the season that it gets turned into a trailer? Uh, honestly, they probably
2: know more than I do <laughs> at this point. But the winner will effectively be made into a full film trailer. When we say full film yeah. trailer, uh, up to our expertise and knowledge <laughs> and uh, however many favours we can pull. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we'll try and create a slash duped trailer version.
0: So our adjudicator is, is, is a big part of that. And then when it comes to the final, and we have six ideas uh, that are whittled down, it will be the listeners, it will be you guys at home, that will be uh, the, the contributing factor to that. It will help us decide which film we turn into a trailer. So our adjudicator today that is helping us uh, crown a winner is Tom Daniels. Tom, how are you doing? Welcome.
3: Very well, thank you, Sean. Thank you, uh, Dan and Ryan, for uh, inviting me to this. I'm very excited to be here today, so... Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. so are we, so are we. And I've, I've known you for some time, Tom. Um, I have to say, first of all, before I before I do that, uh, I, I like how you're the only one of us, that anyone that's seen the pre-release uh, promo, that will see that Tom has actually got his films in the background. It may be, <laughs> actually, the only person that's ever made the effort, or, or has put... <laughs> Their camera in a position <laughs> to have a film link in there. Am I right in thinking that? I don't think anyone else has has bothered to to, to sort of make a film-like environment.
1: Um, no, no. I think Tom's the first.
0: Yeah, Tom's the first. So we're we're um, we're, we're honoured. And so so Tom and I. So I've known you for some time. Um, it's safe to say that I've uh, uh, known you since school. Life took us down different paths, um, and I know that whilst you've been big. Um, into your films, we've always talked about films, and we've always sort of bonded over that. Um, you've moved into more of the uh, financial route, so um, uh, but all the time, all the time, we talk about films, and we talk about uh, uh, we we make we have creative discussions, we make creative decisions. Um, we talked about uh, setting up a company together, which is something that is in the works. So I think it's quite interesting to. To bring you on board as an adjudicator, to ask you if you think that uh, your financial expertise, uh, your financial director, how that plays into the creative world and how that if that will inform your decisions today.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so I think uh, very much so. So um, yeah, as you said, I, I am a finance director in in real life. Um, mm. I have finance going through my blood, so I I, I think I have to uh, yeah link finance into my decision today. And um,
1: I bleed green. Exactly.
3: <laughs> but um, so I think when I'll be making my decision, certainly on the first round, I will be looking for ideas. You know, there's been some really good films, Paranormal Activity, uh-huh. uh, which was a great film made uh-huh. I think on a really really low budget and made yeah. huge. And, yeah. Huge amounts of money, um, which is great because Blair Witch, mm-hmm. Blair Witch project Blair Witch. on that the Exactly. Room. And, um, you know, it just shows ha. that, you know, potentially a good idea can be done quite cheaply. You can then make loads of money and make more more and more films, which is yeah. what we're, we're all here to do at the end of the day, or we'd no. love to do. To mm-hmm.
1: so mm-hmm. put that into perspective from the financials point, Cats was made for <laughs> 95 million and that was atrociously bad. Mm-hmm. And paranormal activities budget was fifteen thousand dollars, yeah, and did yeah. incredibly well and spawned, you,
0: just as you were saying.
2: cannot get me started on cats you can't <laughs> <laughs> no. but I would, you know if ever we need to do another special, it'll be an hour and a half of danda Cruz on i hate cats <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll join that in on that but like actual, yeah, probably. I'll join in <laughs> on that for
1: actual cats because I'm allergic, so you know i can uh, <laughs> I can be that you'd be like why you, why I hate cats. And you hate, we'll call it like Cats versus Cats, like Kramer versus Kramer, but there you go, already coming up with new episodes.
0: So I'm, so yeah, so on that, I'm, I'm, we have a few horror ideas for you as well, Tom, because I know you're a big horror fan, um, you mentioned one already, um, and I know that you're a big zombie guy, and so am I, the first feature length script I ever wrote, and by the way, when I say feature length, it was about 300 pages, because I yep. hadn't learned how Can to, confirm. less is more and brevity is a soul <laughs> of wit and all that. Um, it was a zombie film, so so I, I'm definitely big on on horror as a, as a genre as well, um, and it, and it is a, a genre that is is good at being low budget and, and earning back a, a good budget. Let's hope that it doesn't bias you today, because there are a few horror ideas. Um, but I've but I've always known you as a guy that um, you're inquisitive, you're curious, and you ask prudent questions. So um, we're definitely hoping you can help us as we as we pitch um, these ideas to you. So. What we'll do is we will, we will draw um, one of the previous films um, at random in turn. We'll have two minutes to give you the elevator pitch, Tom. Uh, we'll give it to you from memory. Uh, and we have su- some of the, uh, the summary that I gave uh, at the end of the episode uh, in question. Um, for for anyone at home, an elevator pitch is a brief summary of an idea story, and it usually contains the key plot beats. Uh, it will normally have the main character and a hook to draw someone in. So if that's not in my explanation, that's hopefully what we'll uh, we'll sort of expand on uh, or expound so on.
1: So I'd like a bit of a little bit of method here. So the first one we literally had elevators. The second pitch, you know, caught, and second adjudicate heat, we had corner by the canopy. So Tom, tell us, set us the fictitious location. As to, are we knocking on the door with do Mr. These Mr. Daniels, of meetings, and we're time. like, coming in and asking you, or you know, where are we giving you these shop? pitches Would to help a
0: restaurant? What's your sort of vibe, Tom?
3: I, I think you'd have to set it in a bank, and uh, they'd want to know what their return on investment might be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like it. genuinely it's too stressful very, for me.
3: Really <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: it. So we've been, so we've been, we've been sitting in the, in the hot lobby, security guards staring us down because we're brown. <laughs> and, you know, and we finally get... Tom the doesn't opp- work for ...opportunity... Right. <laughs> and we finally get the opportunity to step up to the table of Mr. Daniels and pitch him the film, and we need to ask the money for it. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I like it. I
0: mean, like, it's... also, like, you know, an executive producer um, generally is concerned with the sort of accounting um, uh, for a film, uh, and they sometimes contribute to the film's budget. Um, so I sort of like... I like the idea of you... Um, uh, so they don't, so they, some of them simply secure funds and some of them are involved in the filmmaking process. So it's this perfect role for you, Tom. I envisage you as maybe taking on board this fictitious executive producer's role. Um, you know, both, both. The, the, uh, it's, fas- it's fascinating as an industry, isn't it, the film industry? It's not like painting. You can't just paint and show someone. It's an industry. It has to make money. It has to fit in somewhere. So to yeah, have yeah. the two sides of things I find fascinating. So. So I'm, I'm up for this. So out of, out of the mire of these ideas as we pitch them, the cream will rise and you will be left with two final ideas, Tom. Um, and Dan, Ryan and myself will collectively will pull together and we will jointly pitch these two ideas for you to then adjudicate on a final winner. Um, and I remember you saying before we jumped on, um, if, I'm, if I'm correct in saying this, you'll look at the financial viability of the ideas initially. And then we're, we're at the final two. You will look for something that speaks to you. I like that as an yes. executive producer yeah, yeah. through and through. I love Absolutely. it. So, I, I'm I'm ready if you are. I'm ready for, for us to, to spin on. So, if you'd like to. Uh...
1: Okay, so if I remember correctly, we go alphabetically. So, it's Dan first. It's always, always, <laughs> always Dan <laughs> we first. We like to then drop Ryan. you in, mate. We like to wake yeah. you up. That's what it is. Then Ryan, then Sean. <laughs> I have, as per usual, I have loaded each of the titles into the spinning wheel of doom and i shall spin it now to figure out what we want <laughs> is the noise it makes <laughs> <laughs> oh coming straight out of the gates hot with episode 14 crisscross oh, so dan if you would that's like a good to one. Read, that's a
0: tough one <laughs> if you
1: would like to yeah. read the synopsis to refresh yourself and the audience as to What's the winning idea and who the winner was for, for Crisscross?:
2: Cross? Oh, the reason um, Ryan wants us to read out who the winner <laughs> was is because this was Ryan's winning pitch. Was, it was Ryan. Um, so crisscross, Cross, Sean said about this, a film about the creator of the cross for Jesus. Taika Waititi writes, directs and stars as Chris the crossmaker who, down on his luck and on hard times, takes up the very difficult challenge the mantle of creating the very cross that jesus himself will be crucified on it's bold but respectful it's in keeping with his style i sort of love this documentary style well of doing a period piece in that part of the world and visual representations of jesus as a religious figure across the world varies quite a lot and i think it would actually be really genuine homage to christian ideals and the ideals of jesus to represent him as so many of these different actors
1: okay dan your
2: pitching two minutes starts now uh, hi, Mr. Daniels. Nice to see you. Lovely office. Um, so I've got this idea. Um, what we're thinking off the back of uh, Jojo Rabbit. Everyone's in in that world. Do you know what I mean? So um, we've got a lot of lot of backing for this already. A lot of people, a lot of ideas, and we're thinking the maker of Jesus's cross. Like right? it sounds, it sounds out there. But I think that's right at this time. Do you know what I mean? It's slightly. Um, satirical but also respectful of religion which I think is where we are at this day and age anyway Um, and we've been speaking to the director and actually uh, and the writer and they had this idea that actually Jesus is never played by the same person twice as well so that the Jesus is representative of um, multiculturalism as well so we never really know what's going on there Um, it's a tongue-in-cheek story about the carpenter that makes his cross and how um, he feels that it's going to be his claim to fame, his big rise to fame, um, and uh, he little does he know how big it's actually going to make him um, until, of course, uh, Jesus rises from the dead, and then um, it all it all gets blown up into utter utter proportions. Um, we've got it. We've got everyone on board. Really, um, we're pretty ready for, ready to do it. We reckon we can do a fairly low budget shoot. Um, what with it being mostly desert um, and we can probably crib some of the costumes from life of Brian and stuff like that. Um, so we're really there. um we think we've got it we've got it right, the pitching right in terms of uh, respectfulness versus uh, audacity. Um, and we're good to go. I think you'll like this, Mr. Daniels if I'm honest. Um, potentially big return after J.J Rabbit and a little bits there. Um, I haven't got much more to say because I think it's it sounds for it stands for itself, doesn't it? Crisscross. Nice. Just just within the time, came nice. in under pitch. Of course <laughs> it did. Timed it.
0: So do you okay, have any feedback, we... Mister Daniels, or would you like to hear the next pitch first? Uh, so we... I think
3: I'd like to hear the other pitches first, okay. and then we'll
0: yeah
1: go through We've questions.
0: Got Ryan's okay, Scott in cool. the lobby.
1: He's just uh... so I will spin
2: the wheel of doom. Blah, 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 blah.
1: What have I got? All right,
2: Ryan, he's in a good mood today. Didn't say much. That's always a good thing, right? (laughs) You've got a briefcase, Ryan. That's an unusual look
0: for you. Are you going to leave that briefcase out here or are you going to take it in with you? I
2: have. I I took my backpack in because, you know... Did you have it on one shoulder
0: or both shoulders,
2: though? Both Both shoulders. shoulders. I've got a spine problem, so... I
1: have got episode 13, Standstill. So, this is what Sean... Said about Standstill, a highbrow thriller that you assume is maybe a sort of parody or maybe it's a documentary news film, but it slowly turns into a thriller, a blockbuster thriller, which has shades of Independence Day, moving through lots of different genres, showing you microcosms of the world or a country after it's been affected with a sort of invasion of the body snatchers subtlety to it. But it has a second or even third twist where the people have been appeared to be stand still, standing still, actually doing it intentionally because of whispers in their ears is a nefarious, unknowable force. And my time starts now. <clears throat> Hey, Mr. Daniel's I'm just going to I'm going to keep this one uh, like quick and short here you know we've been in and out of this uh, this lobby a few times so you know I I know, I know you appreciate the sort of the quick going to it so stand still is this idea right it seems like people are just completely standing still like i know that sounds like weird like oh you know just like it's maybe it's a new viral craze like planking was back in the day or you know whatever that one was at the um at the football where you do a flying header or whatever but what it actually is is it's this very strange creepy force where people are being whispered into into their ears being told horrible things and they have to stand completely still they can still breathe and blink and stuff like that but they cannot move because what's going on is this evil force that only they can hear and maybe potentially see we might want to go down the bird box route and not actually have the monster and just have this as is it a prank and then more and more people around the world start standing still what happens to these people if they've got like poop or whatever you know like do people try and feed them can they even do that and it goes through the st- this this story when it was when we were pitching to us it was somebody learns to actually move use their eyes to like move like like a uh, the machine that you know, that guy in the wheelchair has where he can, like, talk through a robot or whatever and he's technically not breaking the rules and they are communicating that there's an evil, unknowable force and this paranormal um, entity and how they're going to try and stop it. it I, when it was originally pitched, we're not talking, like, zany, Ghostbusters-style paranormal or even something i would even say that you know that film about the invisible man with kevin bacon in it you know that sort of level of like creepiness but yeah so i think you know this is looking at how well things like bird box and a quiet place has done recently another strange supernatural thriller of people having evil things whispered into their ears all right i've got another meeting i'll catch you later coffee thursday all right cheers mate yeah
3: 2 minutes is not a lot of time to pitch an idea it's, is it
0: it's not it's really not and that's the idea of an elevator pitch is like you get into an elevator with a studio exec and they go oh are you working on anything good and you have you know less than 2 minutes to give them an idea where they go come to my office later on and pitch that to me properly or you know or yeah something like that so it sort of have to be just the broad strokes but enough to to get someone involved and i am the worst at elevator pitches which is why i enjoy this episode so much <laughs> and so, sorry, uh,
1: just to just to say, the winner of that episode was uh, Christine Holland's head. Mm-hmm. All part? right, Sean, I'm going to spin your wheel of doom. Blah, do. blah, 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 blah. Let us see what you get. Very interesting, Sean. You have episode 17 Moore's Law.
0: Oh, it's such a difficult one to explain. <laughs> this is like the only one where we—if anyone's listened to the episode—we did like an exquisite corpse, which is one of those old tiny. Basically, we called it that. So it's one of those things where you draw the head, turn the page. Somebody draws the, the arms, turn the page. Somebody draws the body, then the legs. So we all sort of came in and iterated. So this is a completely off the wall idea. Um, I'm just trying to get in before my two minutes starts.
1: No, well, you get to. You have to read the read your breakdown of it. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So for episode seventeen, Moore's law. So the winners were everyone. Was all of us. Um, uh, Lawrence and uh, Doctor Lawrence and was part of that episode, um, and Dan Ryan and myself. Uh, we all won that one, um, or, you know, some might say we all lost it. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how it works. Um, Sean said, it begins with two robots on an island and you think, what is this? What is this film of just robots on a tropical island? But you realise that they're actually taking this Lord of the Flies type microcosm of multiple different tribes of artificial intelligences that are all vying for their right to be given their free will, to have the stabilisers taken off. And these environments are all monitored to see their progress, and cast their sentences. Then the entire second half of this TV show or film is the aftermath, the much more interesting part of what happens when an AI gets not just its freedom, but gets its status as a race, or its status as a being, and then it has to form its own worlds. So it's Ex Machina, meets Synecdoche, New York, meets Battlestar Galactica, meets Walking with Dinosaurs.
1: Your two minutes starts now.
0: Hello, Mr. Daniels. Um, I don't know if you remember me. It's Sean. We, you invited me to your wedding a long time ago, and then you never returned my calls. Um, and we haven't spoken a lot since. I've tried a lot, um, but I have. Um, I have an idea for you. Um, I Walking with Dinosaurs was a huge hit. Um, everybody loved it. It, it was it, from children to adults, and everyone. Um, they all sat round and they watched Walking with Dinosaurs. It was a huge event to take this sort of um, science fiction, this sort of speculative part of the world, and, and sort of almost sort of film it like an Attenborough nature documentary. So, which also a lot of people love. Um, so i was thinking um you remember ex machina it was the it was a very low budget film made by very sort of up and coming young british talent alex garland which is what we want to foster this you know so sort of young up and coming talent and they're also they're, they're a bit cheaper um but it made a lot of money, Ex Machina, and it was a very low budget film. So I want to take that idea of, of artificial intelligence, consciousness, and all this sort of stuff, big heady topics, and I'd love to uh, to see it as like a, maybe a multi-part series on Netflix. You know how Love, Death, and Robots just got a second season? So I'd love to see it uh, maybe on a streaming service, maybe even HBO, maybe even um, BBC. Um, and I want to see a piece where We see AIs growing and learning, and maybe we're looking forward to the future. Maybe we're looking forward five years, ten years, a hundred years, a thousand years. So maybe each episode jumps forward in time, but it's narrated and and functions with um, uh, a narration and a documentary style as if we're watching dinosaurs in the wild, or we're watching penguins, or we're watching alligators or something in the wild. But really what we're seeing is we're seeing what would happen if an artificial intelligence created its own life in its own world. Um, so I'm just going to leave you at that. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of scope for it to, to maybe sort of t- to go anywhere really, uh, and a lot of hot young British talent will um, will be interested. in they're all cheap, aren't they? Hot young British talent before they go. To, we've got to catch them before they go to America, because then they start making the big bucks like Idris, and they come back and want, you know, their big money. Anyway, um, I'll just leave it leave it there, Mr. Daniels. Um, say uh, send my wishes to your wife. Um, I really wish you'd return my calls. Bye. <laughs> So that was uh, Moore's Law, uh, the a very unique episode we did, uh, which uh, which Lawrence and Pofer was a was a, a huge part of. So, Tom, take it away. Um, please uh, ask us any questions. Uh, maybe if there's any details we haven't filled in for you, if there are any missing holes. Give Is us an opportunity. To to, uh, we'll yeah, yeah, okay. To, so to um,
2: so, I wrote some notes. So, Mr. Daniels, your, your secretary told us to all come in. Is it all right for you to I've just grabbed myself a coffee, if that's all right. Yeah,
0: Dan's back's really bad. So, do you mind if he sits
2: in your seat? He's got a good lumbar support. It looks ergonomically sound. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So, uh, let's talk it
3: through. So, um, crisscross. Actually, I was really intrigued by this idea initially um, in terms of, you know, it being the. Creator of Jesus's cross and there being some kind of backstory and stuff like that. I mean, the idea sounds really, really cool, but then I'm thinking, um, for a film, that's gonna be what an hour and a half in length. Um, so I guess my question, Dan, is what's the intro, middle, and the end gonna be? Because I I don't see
2: how. <laughs> uh, that's a really good question I've actually got one of the writers with me here um, Rai do you remember what we were talking about when we were yeah um, I'll, I'll take this one this...
1: Um, yeah yeah sure sure no, so it, it would be a sort of office if you because Saito is, is very sort of um, known for what we do in the shadows and that sort of that documentary style show and it would be a similar thing to that so it would be the beginning is a man who is making crucifixes but no one really wants his business. He hasn't got the government contract um, or the Roman Legion contract, shall we say, to make the, make the crosses. And then he gets given this contract. So that's like, this is him going... This is going to be my 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 life's work. Like this is so. The intro is him down in his luck, making crosses, and then just a simple when he gets the contract, just like Jesus, just simple a simple carpenter. carpenter. Yeah, just like Jesus. He you to see those
2: Baby parallels Daddy. there. You can see those parallels, and also maybe sort of a, a small uh, intro into like the Roman mm. the Roman government and, and the system there as well. And we, we can and make the middle which can have of, parallels yeah, to the modern government. Parallels yeah. To today. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the middle is him. Then
1: okay, well. You'd like doing all the sketches and planning out, well, okay, well, if this is the one for Jesus, I need to go speak to them and you find out what they're like. And this is where we get that first interaction to see a different person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then they. Then we
2: get to that, that kind of fashion designer kind yeah. of feel. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it really, Measures, like measuring what the trim will get on that cross, yeah. Measuring them up. Yeah. You and know. Pontius Pilate and
0: then, has to be there. Like he has to okay it because Jesus is a bit of a celebrity. So he'll okay it under certain circumstances, Pontius. But he maybe he has to be there, mm-hmm. Pontius Pilate, to oversee And it. he's. And, and he he sort of, and then it's going so.
1: through. It's going through all of the, all of the different. Okay, like different crosses. Okay, can I use this word? Should it be bejeweled? Should it be like okay? Well, it should be made out of gold or this stuff. Yeah. And then he comes to a realization that I'm a carpenter. Um, you know, by talking to his family, he's like, I. Well, Jesus's dad was a carpenter, right? So then that's why he goes simple, just yeah. simple and elegant with yeah. the cross. And then the last half of it is him watching almost like a red carpet like Jesus taking the cross and someone you know like asks you know like they would ask oh who are you wearing a red carpet they ask oh who made your cross and his name gets dropped at that point by Jesus and then like this is and so as like the cross as Jesus gets mounted to the cross and it's get put up this guy is like crying and he thinks everybody is crying because they they think how beautiful the cross is not the travesty that's happening in front of them (laughs) and for him it's like this moment of of yeah. beauty like complete innocence
2: and beauty and fame of that
1: he is his
2: magnum opus has been and of course realized. the shot of that is uh, from he's standing behind the cross so we don't actually see Jesus in pain or anything like that to, to and we see the cross come up almost almost eclipse-wise across the sun mm. um falling on his face and you know just for that and his it will be mostly on his face mm.
0: So um, it's quite affordable to shoot, sort of uh, on the shoulder, documentary style, like the thick of it, or in the loop, or you know, uh, Death of Stalin. Those sorts of um, good British sort of directors, they like to sort of do things a bit more organically. So less setups means less, you know, work. You get through more pages in the day. Um, so it's a, so it's fairly affordable. Um, yes, we are going to pluck lots of different actors um, out to play Jesus. But that's actually
2: cheaper because I think it, rather than taking lots of names. Or we could have small cameos, so we're paying them less. They only than shoot for Really, a day, don't like they? you know, so like, a think, a about, you think about
0: think about the way scene.
1: that um, Brad Pitt in Deadpool Two said he'd do it for Starbucks, you yeah. know, or and also or, if they're
0: religious and they and they can understand what we're trying to do at the film, you know, to sort of humanize Jesus, but then also bring focus to the Christian faith um, by learning about Jesus's way, what cross would befit the faith, then they would all do it for a reduced price because because there's no way that they could, you know
2: tom cruise probably out yeah, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> out he <laughs> believes probably in the, the space, space god
0: either, so. thing doesn't he the weird lizard uh from in the volcano um which is fine which is fine so um would
3: you as well have a concern just because of the nature of the topic because i think there's been um films in the past was it might have been called jesus christ the passion of the christ Passion of the Christ, yeah, which I think. Passion of the Christ. Went...
2: Jesus Christ Superstar was a very, very um, effective and successful musical. I was going to say, I thought it was really Arena <laughs> that's all what all. I so Actually, that's quite. That's quite a good, a, quite a good uh, sort of uh, <laughs> yeah. analogy so there. I won't uh, lie
0: to you, uh, Mr. Daniels. I won't lie to you, Tom. Um, if I may, uh, sometimes these things could be boycotted, right? And there's a huge. We would lose. You lose a huge religious crowd. However, you sell it right, Passion of the Christ, earn a lot of money. Um, some of these movies. Also, a
2: good boycott is good PR. No such thing as bad PR. <laughs> and I weird? know,
0: like my my grandmother, God rest her. In this scenario, she's dead. Um, she's, <laughs> but not in real life. She's alive um, at the time of recording. So uh, she uh, she uh, her church group will go to see religious films. They'll go and see them in a bit in a bus. They'll take them and they'll go and see religious films together. So we have that in, don't we? We have that. I think as long as we have the actors. Explain and show that they're doing it for their love of their faith and how important their faith is to their lives. Um, then, then I, I then it's a worry, sure. But then you can flip straight over into earning the big bucks, you know. And in that, and in that big, we'll big get, JC we'll get it money. right.
2: We'll get it right, you know.
3: I like the ideas. So I just really struggle to see how it would feel an hour and a half, say of. Well, of I guess stuff. if you think about
0: it, like. um it's it's just a, your typical uh, sort of rags rags to riches sort of young creative type, you know. He's he's nobody appreciates his work. He gets a big contract or he gets a big job, let's say, you know, like um, the painter who painted um, Churchill, you know, in that in that mo- you know, like. So it's like it's like one of these things where he's got a real good chance to do well, and, he, and then the third act is is
2: is, is doing some serious. Push, we've got like, the king's speech is just about someone teaching a king to speech over like an hour and a half. Mm. Um, you know, those kind of things, it's, your, it's, your, it's, it's just a focus on the, on the people more your than it is. Devil Wears on the Prada <laughs> arc, isn't <laughs> devil it? Devil Wears you know, Prada comes, comes it as an intern,
1: yeah, comes as an intern, you know, gets, all, gets a, all sexified, does really well, yeah. is humbled at the end,
0: yeah. Devil <laughs> so Wears Prada with Jesus.
2: What,
3: what kind of music, uh, would you apply to this kind of film?
2: God, that's that's a good question. No. so I I think it's epic strings in this one. I think I think it has to have, it has to have the pomposity and sort of the um, the genuine nature of something that would be about a big event. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe we could go a little bit Bridgerton and have themes of like modern sort of funkier. Um, relevant fashion, fashionista music, but only wo- woven in between sort of, yeah, hands like an strings,
0: orchestral basically. sort of a wonderful choir version of like, I'm coming up, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But like in, in the style of I like, I already love that. Maninov and I'm going to start writing it now. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> But yeah, like I love like the tunes, the music of Spartacus and those other great epics. You know, there's mm-hmm. I, th- I saw something
2: else. So it should say, it should feel like those, but the more you listen to it, the more you realise we've we've gone full Bridgerton. Yeah, and that's relevant as well now. All everybody you know, loves that's all over TikTok. Basically, I'm saying.
3: So I guess as well with with Crisscross, you've effectively just got one main actor and then loads of people around that, but not exactly. necessarily key
1: people other than mm. Jesus obviously and, and it, is, it is well we think <laughs> that it's, like ta, one it's one t- Taika Waititi directs writes and acts in it so that's to so saving people. money all the way so through he's yeah. the, yeah. the, yeah, the
0: crossmaker um, yes, so it's a triple threat of, of money we're saving. And so Jesus will be played like in bit parts by lots of different actors. So a little bit like the movie I'm not there, the Bob Dylan movie that explored different parts of Bob Dylan. We'll take like Kate Blanchett might play Jesus in one scene. You know, it might be Christian Bale, you know, playing Jesus in another scene. So they're all playing different parts of Jesus and also actors of colour, because you know, actors from Jerusalem, actors from uh the places that Jesus would have been born in and been around. So like and that's, and all, that's
1: by the way, that's that's Sean that's, that's trying Sean to remember where not, Jesus was not,
0: born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not remembering Sunday was school. I'm no, thinking Israelite Bethlehem. and then I'm thinking I'm trying to work backwards. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. <laughs> so um but uh, but yeah so also um different uh, Jesus appears different ways to different people around the world, you know, and there's a different we get a different Jesus on the cross wherever you go. So um, we, we want to portray that in many different ways, you know, we, we will have the Adonis Jesus with his six-pack and, you know, his his sort of big strong Roman nose. We'll have all that stuff as well, but we want to honour all the different Jesuses that, that that will be in the minds of the people watching, the African, Afro-Caribbean Jesus, the, the, the you know, the... the Korean the, the Jesus. Korean Jesus, Eastern European Jesus, all Jesuses.
3: Excellent, right, so... Um... Idea two, standstill. So I absolutely love a good thriller. Um, so immediately intrigued by this one. Um, I just didn't 100% get the idea. So uh, I think what you said was there. it basically seems like people are standing still. So in terms of the film, how would that work? Are they actually standing still?
0: Cause- yep. Yeah, so if I may, and I'd love for you guys to fill in immediately afterwards when I run out of ideas and things to say, Um, but uh, as far as I'm aware, it is, um, the movie starts and you start to think that it's maybe a a viral infection or maybe it's something that is keeping them there. There's some kind of plague that goes around the world, but maybe only one person from each household is affected, but it happens around the whole globe. So it slowly starts to spread. So nobody knows what this is. But then other people will start to just die. They'll maybe die of cardiac arrest. And at first people will go, well hold on, was that person standing still? Does the standing still lead to cardiac arrest? Why are are people standing stock still? They can only move their eyes. Um, They're like statues, what's going on? Um, And then it develops where you find out that there is a demon of some kind, I'm not saying an actual demon, but something Mm. is whispering in their ear. And that is why only they can see this thing
3: so, sorry, I believe this has already been done in a Doctor Who episode, hasn't it? So I won't lie to you.
0: It's definitely Doctor Who inspired, I would say. I was going to say, it works.
3: I seem to remember an episode many, many years ago where um, uh, people from every household, or like you said, every household, one, one or two people were affected by something. And uh, instead of standing still, they walked to the top of a very tall building and then stood still at the top of the tall building. And all of them kind of lined up. And um, this was obviously affected by some alien or something like that. So I
0: it sounds... uh, Well, hmm. we'll have to check with the (laughs) lawyers to make sure that the idea is different (laughs) enough. Um, But that is very good news to know. Um, I don't know if this makes it very radically different to that or not, but we really liked, when we were developing this idea, we really liked the idea that you find out that the people can move, right? But they're choosing to stand still because the person whispering or the thing whispering in their ear is telling them that if you move, I will kill your child, or if you move, I will kill this person. I will do, And then those, person, those people die of cardiac arrest, right? So there are consequences to moving. So, weirdly, they're almost electing to stand still. Um, which, for some reason, when we were discussing it, we found almost creepier. Right? It was almost more worrying. Um, we definitely need to bring another writer on board and figure out an ending because we haven't got we haven't got that yet. Um, but maybe we
1: get maybe we get old Moffat in from Doctor Who. We get Moffat you know? from Doctor <laughs> Who.
0: It seems like a Moffat, doesn't it? A hot off the back of Dracula or whatever he just did. He'd. Uh...
3: So uh, in this particular film, do you? you see it being in kind of one location or do you see it are you looking all around the world Is this kind of kind of thing happen? i think
2: initially it was a worldwide thing wasn't it that was the the worrying thing was that it became a mm. worldwide sort of um, pandemic I hate to use that right now <laughs> um but you know it was that it was so all-consuming
0: mm. Mm. a friend of ours or uh, oh the the person who was discussing the idea uh, christine hollinshead um she said that it, she was inspired by Independence Day because if you think about it, and she was right, she said it's a global sort of, um, sort of destruction film. It's an alien film. It's a comedy. It's a drama. It's a, it's it's about alien invasion, but it's also about you know the guy gets that guy's probed. It's like a, uh, a sort of hoorah, sort of jingoistic, sort of patriotic film. It's like it has so many different things in it. There's the lab bit, isn't there? When they go to the lab, and there's all that lab testing. It's so a bit where he punches the alien and says, alien. "Welcome to America, welcome to Earth." Oh, welcome but, to yeah. Earth, fair enough. So, it's got everything in it. So, I think this—I think the or- originator of the idea, Christine, um, was keen on it. Having l- the worldwide thing would allow you to cover lots of different topics and and yeah. have lots of different tones and lots of different, you know, how different people react in different parts of the world.
1: And also, there was there was a point where like people could they could be moved but they were not allowed to move. So like you could pick somebody up and move them, um, like a forklift, but if they then moved, so how it would happen, you know, their different cultures would like move everybody into like a stadium, almost like a terracotta army sort of style yeah. and have all of the people who are stood still in one location on so they could be would mot- to, how would monitored. They be,
0: how would they be fed, right? So it's like, there's all these ideas of like, in fact, I'm thinking now maybe it's more like um, the 4400 or The Leftovers, it's more of a sort of TV series, you know, and how they deal with this sort of pandemic as it were, as it goes through. Um, different, yeah, and the, and so shame,
2: shame Christine isn't here because I think when she was describing it was far more sort of visceral and it was a yeah bit more it was very horrible. There were chills on the day. Yeah. I, I think you know it's one of those when we get the get the original creatives in the room. I think you'd feel it, myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: if you go forward
3: with it, yeah. So I guess um, with this particular idea, were there like uh, certain main characters or was it no real main
0: characters? So it hadn't kind of been defined really, Tom. So whoever you've got at the studio. Whoever whoever's on the books already who owes you all a film, you've already paid for a three-picture deal. Like we're really open to, to dropping anyone in. The only so it really the only works in your favour.
1: The only main character per se was the kid who can use the machine, the Stephen Hawkins machine, for lack of a better term. I don't know what's actually the first
0: called. person that can communicate. The first person using that is able and says what was the word that they, they said a phrase. Like he doesn't want they don't he doesn't want me to move or something yeah and like they they, they you know they use their eyes to, uh, to type out a, on a computer uh, an accessible uh, computer and yeah and it was something
1: a, like yeah they don't want me to move so there was and it was that was like when you realise there's something else commanding these people
3: mm-hmm. okay and. Um- can I jump onto idea three? Is that... Please do, <clears throat> over it. Um, so, oh my goodness, robots. You mentioned the um, for, for Moore's Law um, and AI. I mean, I think AI, as as we get older and older, is becoming more and more relevant in our mm-hmm. day-to-day lives as well, and uh, being no, a bit definitely. of a geek, uh, these kind of things. I mean, Ex Machina. absolutely loved that film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really yeah, intrigued by this idea? It's hard to have my finance head on when I
0: when When you're confronted with so much robots and (laughs)
3: science
1: fiction. So So yeah, let 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 me give you one. So Moore's law refers to uh, Moore's perception that the number of transistors on a microchip doubles every two years, though the cost of computers is halved. So that trend of technology and the speed and capability of Mm. what we can produce has increased over and will continue to increase over time.
0: So, and I'd like to quickly add as well. So when we were talking about this, this idea, what, what we really loved is you can look at uh, the same way you can look back in history and look at what dinosaurs were like and how they lived and how they you know, how they worked in their cultures and everything like that. You can look forward and you can use uh, certain technologies and algorithms to predict what would happen mm. with technology in the future. So we take that data that's being gathered right now That's still that's out there and we would all instead of making predictive models, we would make a science fiction T V show. And we would we would use those to define what AI would be like if they were given free will or if they were given their own continent, right? Or something.
1: And it was small, you know, like the, the, the tribalisms and microcosms uh, that Sean mentioned is is because it's to see what would happen. So you each one is slightly different, um, you know, is in like an arid desert area, what happens. Different um, biospheres, and it's, that's right. Uh, different biospheres, yeah. And it's to see whether AI as a, if it was given sentience, its status in society, um, the ability to have a race, what... Would they be as tribalistic as humans
2: or would they all be uh, mm. Yeah, symbiotic? Initially, the idea was we only see one biosphere. They think they're the only one because it was going to be a trilogy where they break out and they actually find there's other biospheres. And then the inevitably the AI conspire to take over the human race. Um And then it turns out they've discovered that they are, in fact, an experiment and they are they are micro, they are not big enough to no, take no. on the humans. because so, like, they're that's one of them,
0: We're, that's one of the biospheres, yeah. is that they, they yeah. actually do uprise, but they're so small that they can just be revi- can And
2: do because obviously
1: revi- that's because it's, army the, of bit of it's the transistors on the microchips, and that's when Moore's law comes into it as well.
0: <laughs> so there's lots of opportunities to sort of drop drop in at any point, like a bit like Love, Death and Robots, and have loads of different stories that are told predictively with what the data we have available at the moment.
3: So, yeah, where do you see this kind of film starting? And, I mean, will it have main characters or the characters' robots? Or I mean, uh, Ryan, you were talking about, like, computer chips, right? And it just... It yeah, so well, that's, that's well, that's because film. that's
1: what Moore's, Moore's Law is. But it, I guess it depends on how you would... Then maybe they they... Look like humans, or they're at least programmed to look like humans, at least for TV purposes, right? In this particular biosphere that we see originally, um, maybe they are like sort of ha- half and half, you know. So they've got like they maybe like shimmery, but they've got human yeah, hands. Yeah, I guess. Or the let me put it around. this way:
0: we, each biosphere has a different kind of artificial intelligence, right? So yeah. some of them in one episode look like people, some of them in another episode look like robots, some of them in another episode look like nothing—they're computer constructs. You know, maybe in another episode they've created. So, yeah, so like there is like computer models of like what the best, I remember this, the best way to run for a human being is. Like the, a computer has worked out based on our sort of physio- physiology and bone structure and everything the, the most efficient way for a person to run. And if you Google it, it's, the, it's like the most absurd, ridiculous, physically, we would almost be not capable of it. We would look like idiots. But, but a computer has predicted that that is the most efficient. So, what if an AI or a computer had built its own physical structure? to be the most efficient, not mm. what we would decide was the most efficient for it or, or in our image. So Love, Death and Robots is a good touchstone. Black Mirror is another touchstone. Every every biosphere, so maybe it starts with Biosphere and then the name of the biosphere is the name of the episode, Biosphere you know, Black Haven. And then within that is the certain experiment that's going on based on the data. So yes, I think in the first episode, I don't know if you guys agree, but just to sort of galvanize it, I just love the idea of two robots on a desert island, because it's just an image I've never seen before. That would, that would draw you in. You would go, what is this? Is it set in the future? Is it set in the past? Why are they on this island? They don't need sustenance, or do they? You know, what do they do? How do they live? And then that's the first episode. Two robots that look like robots, you know, like maybe like Iron Mother on um, Netflix or something you know, like a proper look robot. Um, and then maybe in the next episode you explore, what about robots that look human? You know, a little bit like ex Machina. and So all sorts, Tom. I know that's not a great answer, but...
3: No, no, no. So um, I don't know as much about film as you guys, but um when we're talking robots, we're talking, I guess, expensive stuff in order to even get them on the screen in the first place, or how, it's good, how does it it's work? It's, uh...
0: Netflix money. Netflix, they're throwing <laughs> yeah. their money, their millions and millions of because, dollars, they give like, it to we've... anybody. We've
1: only got to make the pilot. And, you know, you see on on YouTube how amazing visual effects artists have come along that are doing it out of their garage, you know, still to this day. So, you know, um, I think we can, as long as we're, you know, we're using this as that launching point for the pilot to then make. And I, you know, the, the, the most recent thing that everyone loves with robots in it. Westworld, you know, we're going better than Westworld. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get, I would get, um, I, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, L- Neil Blomkamp, Kampf, yeah. the guy, the um, South African chap who directed uh, District 9, Chappie and Elysium. He's got a, a visual effects studio and he does lots of sort of science fiction robot short films. Um, get him on board, get his company on board, um, they'll do the VFX for the lot. You know, he's a very creative, he'll probably throw his hat in the ring, direct a few episodes... Um, yeah, he was he was touted to do the Halo film at one point, so I yeah. think he's, a, he's he's the right person for the job. So the VFX get get one VFX house to do it all, and then you pay them peanuts because that's how the industry works. We hate writers, pay them nothing; they write all the episodes. We hate the visual effects people, pay them nothing, um, and we rake in the big bucks. Oh yeah, <laughs>
3: and and I guess well, you mentioned as well, this would be like uh, a trilogy. You could you could expand it and it would just get bigger and bigger and bigger, which yeah. Yeah, sounds awesome. Because got yeah. loads of biospheres. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what happens when these
0: biospheres <laughs> break out? I see it like Asimov's foundation is, you know, you can have three big parts to this story and it can it can go anywhere and do anything. Very versatile.
3: Okay, I feel extremely biased, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, so you've got, I can't tell genuinely so far which to, where you're leading, so so with okay first of all just
3: to briefly summarize them with crisscross i really really like the idea um i just don't know how people would react to it how audiences would react to it I'm a bit bit unsure Um i think you said in the past previous religious films have you know actually done pretty well
0: um even if they've caused an uproar and as you said Dan, i think um Tom put quotation marks around religious, by the way, <laughs> so he doesn't regard this one to be a religious film. I, I do, I do. Um, no, I, I don't think it would be. Yeah, but
3: right. I, I actually quite like the idea because it's just something so different um, to mm. anything that I've yeah, seen we thought, yeah. be done before. Um, so I actually, yeah, I find it quite interesting. Um, Standstill, um, as I say, I love a good thriller. I would have loved to have heard the original... Pitch and an idea of this so would we to be um, honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had that before I, haven't we <laughs> I, I feel like there's a lot more to this that perhaps i'm not seeing right now in in a you know 2 minute elevator pitch uh-huh. um and i would have loved to have known where it was going and, and in terms of an ending and i think you said that kind of hadn't been decided yet and still needed oh, to no. be drawn out so um yeah unfortunately i think with standstill... still that would be the first one that I, chopped so to speak. Okay. Um, Moore's Law. I absolutely love uh, robots and AI stuff, and I mean, I, I just it just seems so uh, interesting. And even like what you guys are saying in terms of, um, you know, it's starting off small, two robots, tropical islands, but you get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it just sounds like it has loads and loads of potential. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it's um, if I was a finance person, which I am, and this was the first (laughs) film you were ever doing, um, I would just think, wow, is this going to be super expensive uh, to do in the first Mm -hmm. place? Um, But I think, let's just say, you you get Netflix approach you, chucking money at you, whatever. um, I just feel like Moore's Law has so much potential and is uh, really, really exciting. So... I think, yeah. I think okay. that would have to be, have to be More the choice,
0: guys. To be honest, yeah. All right, thanks for that, Tom. See, that's what I knew. I liked you. <coughs> you know, you're the money man, but you go with your heart. Yeah, that's what you need. That's what an exec producer needs to do.
2: He goes um, with his heart as to what's going to make the most money, which is fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. That's all good. I love it's it. Well, show thank business. You, thank
0: you very much, Tom. Um, before we dive into the final three that we will whittle down to one. Um, Ryan, where can people get a hold of us? What do we want them to get a hold of us for direct people, social media-wise?
1: We have managed to beat the pesky SEO from Google or Yahoo or wherever you do your Googling. What's that one? DuckDuckGo as well? That one Ask probably geez. works as well. <laughs> so if you just Google slash dupe, you'll find all of our stuff, right? We've got a Patreon, we've got a Reddit, we've got Facebook and Instagram. Those are all at slash dupe. And also we want you guys to get on there Share it with your friends. You know, hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, ring the <laughs> b- notification bell, do all that stuff. But please go on there and if you listen to what these if you smash the
0: notification bell and you ring the the subscribe button and you do what if you do it in the wrong order? What happens? If they smash the if they
2: smash the notification button, yeah, hi, just... their fellow kids. Keep going off and, that was and off. Such an old man. I know it is. Phrase, phrase, isn't it, isn't isn't it? It? What happens
0: if they do it the other way around though? What <laughs> happens? Oh, hello.
2: Then maybe their Playstations might not connect they're, to the internet. Their yeah. they're
0: Sony Playstations.
2: Their Sony Playstations. Or all, all their Nintendos. <laughs> they're
0: TikToks.
1: Please, so their if Snapchats.
0: You,
1: if you... I mean, the fact that Sean still speaks about Snapchat is, says something. I MySpace. Napster. Please, if you think that we are pitching bad ideas and you have your own idea for any one of these titles, we want to know about it. Get on over to Facebook where you can leave a big old message. Taj is beating all of you at all of this, right? He mm-hmm. is coming up with films up and down and left and right of the wazoo. So, mm-hmm. you know, he is really spashing it out. I know people that I've spoken to have said, oh, I've got a great idea for this. Post it, man. We want to see it. Yeah. We'll shout you out. If it's, if it's a great idea... You we'll might even make it, it into the yeah. final. Oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's it's down to you, Dan, to step back into Mr. Daniels' office, and it's back okay. into the bank. It's a fresh week. New ideas are rolling in every time. What day, what day is it? I don't know. What what, what days? What days good Tuesday. to come visit you? Tuesday. The week's begun, but you've got over the mire of Monday. You're not quite a hump day for Wednesday. Oh, I might say Thursday's a good day though. Now you Thursday's want... already the weekend. You're thinking about beers already. Yeah, fair enough. All right, it's Tuesday. Um, we're going to spin the wheel, and and Danda Cruz is going to step into to Tom's office.
1: Danda Cruz, you have. Episode 18, Mole. Winner of this episode was
2: Andrew Fernandez. Apologies to Andy in advance. Yeah. So what Sean said about this was, uh, Moleno, this couch-surfing, house-surfing young gentleman in the south of Spain, is finding himself as he's a running away from home, but finding himself while crashing on couches, in clubhouses for bikers, caravan parks and more uh it's buildings roman a coming of age story with this young michael peña type finding his way and a place to settle down your 2 minutes starts <laughs> now right so look i'm i'm going to be straight up with you here i was i was in the meeting when this was created but i wasn't in the meeting if you know what i mean um but it's mole it's pronounced mole um which is his his nickname in spain and it's a really it's a really heartwarming Um, It's got the Little Miss Sunshine feel um, of that sort of indie, um, close, close personal relationship. I've got two of those today. Um, But it's really just a a really down to earth, um, lost in the wilderness um, man, young young man finding his way in the world. Um, by not finding his way in the world. In fact, he's sort of this lost soul, almost like a troubadour, in fact. We kind of feel like he had his guitar and he finds his way. uh, The soundtrack to this is uh, spot on. In fact, the more I think about this, having just uh, watched Baby Driver, it feels like it's got that kind of level of choreography within the piece. So that like um, each house, and this was the idea that each house has a different, style different culture and with that comes the music in the background and that music itself will help educate that young man as to what he is going to be uh, it's a road it's a road trip journey it's uh it's a coming of age it's a musical discovery um without being overtly uh, musical discovery do you know what i mean like it's not oh i play a new tape it's that's how we communicate and it's intrinsically spanish um it, it's very much about the culture, it's very much about the food, it's very much about the heat, it's very much about the joining of family and friends. Uh, mi Bueno Amigo. Um and uh I think we should be shooting it on location, nice and cheap in Spain, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um and the soundtrack will, will get us uh a lot of PR, a lot of um a lot of rolling money from that. Um I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy Molet like he would enjoy this seat. Very comfortable. Mr. Daniels, I'll see you tomorrow.
0: I just delight golf clap for, for Dan because coming from the idea that he might not be able to pitch that well, that was, I would say, by far the best pitch we've had uh, today. So uh, today very... The
2: best pitch we've had in the last two minutes. <laughs> for
0: sure. Hey, we've had three other pitches. <laughs> One of them was yours. But, um, but no, that was, that was very well. That was very well pitched. Uh, Ryan. Okay, uh,
1: so moving on, I have spun the wheel and I have episode 16, Big Wig. Winner of that one was Dan DeCruz. And Sean said this. We had a barbershop type drama in a wig shop in the civil rights era in America. A one-location film in which the location becomes a main protagonist, a main character of so much history that sort of presides over these human characters, and it allows for a safe space and also perhaps a secret space to explore tough issues, both past and present. Good luck. All right, Tom. I've just uh, I've a couple of coffees down. I've just got a real, a real quick one for you right here. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Right. We need to cash in on the BLM movement, right? So what we need to do
0: Hey, he's, he's playing it like it is in <laughs> Hollywood, this, man. I
1: want this I want this, this we've got this idea, right? Big wig. So uh, barber shops are very sacred, um, and hair salons are very are very sacred um, to, to people of to people of colour. And we want to set something in that, but in the civil rights era. There was a lot of segregation when it came to shops, buses and hair salons and we even know today through like tiktok videos where how even in states in america people calling 15 16 different barbershops to actually or salons to see if they deal with like a4 type hair you know and they won't do that so this idea of of a barbershop that's also a wig shop that actually is a safe space for people to come, to talk, to create community. It's a, pl- it's a space where once you've gone out and done your shopping, you come back and you talk to the girls. And we had this idea of it being run in, in, during the Civil War. Sorry, not Civil War, sorry, a Civil Rights era. Um, and we would have the radio would also be like the voice of the shop telling us what's going on in the news, playing music of the time to fit in with the what the atmosphere of what was happening, different people being able to like vibe with the radio. And then also how, and it was following this um, story of like a, a one girl who had gone, she grew up in the shop and then she'd gone away to college and she came back. And so we set this over a period of years. And then also it's like why that shop is important to her, to her community. And it's only once she goes away and comes back, she realizes how much, a place like this means to everybody around them okay i've got another coffee meeting with somebody else i'm really sorry i've got to go but like have a think on it and let me know all right mate i'll see you later right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice good job lots of details in there that i'd completely forgotten so that was, it was <laughs> nice to hear them actually um
1: so Sean, sure, i don't need to spin the wheel for this one i can
0: see that it is the can you last make the one noise there? anyway for me though you have
1: episode 15 down the hatch this was a joint winner between yeva and dan ideas smashed together
0: yes um yes i I did i merged the ideas um in in a bid to to make two great ideas fantastic Um, and uh, that meant that Yeva and Dan both won that one. Um, So, for Down the Hatch, I said, uh, Tourist children are led downstairs to the basement of a curiosity shop where they are whisked away into these little worlds in bottles. And if this this wasn't enough, the twist is that all of these worlds, these sort of loops, they are self-contained little universes that all get smashed together. So that was Yeva's idea. Dan's Down the Hatch was almost like a sort of Indiana Jones cross with the Goonies. It's a little bit racy. It involves America and the English. I really like the idea of going down into these sorts of puzzles and traps and then going further down the hatch into this world. The moulding of the two ideas. They go into the cellar of a pub. The families jointly own, find a rack of wine bottles with worlds in them and then they get sucked in and have to do puzzles in the worlds inside them in order to learn lessons and get free.
1: Your 2 minutes starts now.
0: mouthful. Mr. Daniels sorry I know we've just we've just talked. Um I've uh, two fantastic writers I've I've talked to them both both they have half of a good idea and together they have a whole one. You know, they, they didn't like it at first but you know if you want to get published, you want to get your first job done to make concessions. So, um, I have an idea for you. Uh, I want to say that we haven't had a good family film since something like The Goonies. Um, we've had lots of children's films, lots of, maybe Pixar does it best, but we haven't seen it in the live action thing. I haven't seen like a Pirates of the Caribbean for kids, this, this franchise that really takes over. Um, I think we've got this Framework in order to do this and I think it can become a franchise because you have all these little worlds in bottles Which means that it's magic bit like Harry Potter, but like where does it go? Maybe there's another place with all these bottles we can we can bring this world out and I don't know if you remember Jumanji, oh, what a classic, Zathura, less of a classic but still good. Um, J- Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, you know, yeah, okay, fair, I mean it made a ton of money. And then Jumanji, the one that came after Welcome to the Jungle, that made a shit ton of money. Um, so, I say, we get a bunch of American names, a bunch of British names, and I'm thinking, like, uh, they did this with uh, Snatch, for example, that did really well. We want to capture the European and the, and the American markets. Um, An American family moves to Britain because they've always wanted to run a pub. It's their dream. They join forces with a British couple who have to buy a pub as well. Um, And the first day they they get it with their kids in tow, they break into the old cellar, go downstairs, and there are all of these worlds in bottles, in, in wine bottles and beer bottles. And what happens is, in a sort of magical style, they all get sucked into these worlds. Um, like, one of them's like a pirate ship, but it's on a loop round and round. And one of the guys has been, has been a child that's been stuck in this this bottle for years. And ultimately, they have to learn why they're inside these worlds, band together, and escape. And the, the end, the third act, the end, is that the, the, all the bottles smash together, and all the worlds come up together. And you have this big fantasy sort of Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe thing. Anyway, sorry, I've taken too much of your time. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to unhand me, security guard! <laughs> but that's my acting. Did you like that? <laughs> Unhand me, sir.
2: Strong. Um, Strong.
0: So, so that's down the hatch.
3: Uh, cool. So, uh, the first one I wanted to ask about was uh, mole or mole. Mole.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mole. Yeah.
3: So, um, what's kind of the nature of this film? Is it going to be a comedy, a thriller? What, what kind of? Where, well, where are we going with this?
1: Sean, would you like to describe the the genre that you a buildings design? Roman.
0: Yes. Yep. It's, mm. it's, it's a very fancy term I found on Wikipedia about a year ago that basically means coming of age. So generally a coming of age story, um, it has a little bit of everything in it. Because essentially growing up has a little bit of the thriller in it, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of romance. Um, I would say generally the plot of this story is that, um, yes... There is a young guy in Spain, but bearing in mind, you know, we shoot it on the cheap. We shoot it without permits on location. We do it very quickly. We get local, local people in to play the part so you don't have to pay him anything. Um, so it's very affordable. But ultimately, he's, he's going into all these different places to find whether he likes these people, what he connects with them over. And it's, it's, it's a journey film really around the, uh, the south of Spain. Um, but essentially, he's not ready to grow up. And is it, maybe it's in his, maybe it's one of these, they don't tell a lot of these stories when you're late 20s, early 30s, you know, when you're just forming yourself, you're having your early midlife crisis, your, your frontal lobes are developing, you know, you're becoming an adult um, quite late in life, actually. And so I think really it's about, it's a it's a love story, but he's learning to fall in love with himself. And he's learning yeah. to find, I love myself and I am going to be okay with settling down because ultimately everybody most people will settle down so you might as well make peace with it so it's actually it, a love story where he's where he falls in love with himself
1: and you know it's like seeing like as you said like he's he and he does it through the medium of couch surfing and getting to meet all these other people um so you know like one of the couches as we said is in like a biker gang is like a cl- biker gang's clubhouse but he sort of sees the you know to they sort of almost riff off of this you know like from fast and the furious like family is everything sort of thing like everything that they do like they seem rough on the outside but you know once you're through those clubhouse doors and you're chilling in the barbecue with them everybody is helping each other out corona of course drinking your well it'd be like piston head lager wouldn't it or or no what's the moderna is that the beer is that the the uh, spanish beer um, that's the
0: COVID jab,
1: isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've gone from Corona to COVID. There's also there's also like Madeira biscuits as well. I always get confused by that, but <laughs> yeah, but like you know, he sees that like their love is friendship and and rallying around uh, around their love of motorcycles. Mm, and but stuff maybe like that's that, not for him, you know? so
0: he'll move on and he'll find yeah. a new place to 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 live for a while and and see whether that's for him. Um, so
3: another thing I really
0: liked. About this particular
3: one was you said um, about there being lots of different cultures and stuff like that, and obviously, cultural stuff as we know is such a massive thing at the moment with mm-hmm. the anti-racism yeah. stuff currently going mm-hmm. on in the world. And um, what kind of cultures would you envisage uh, the the main character meeting in
0: Spain, and how would well, Dan? Your last name's de Cruz. Oh, well. You take this away.
2: Yeah, that's Portuguese It's Portuguese, so that's already, it's <laughs> already stuffed me up there. Um, no, I think it, I think it goes from maybe like a town boy who who doesn't really know himself, moving further and further out in sort of the countryside of, of Spain and finding all these sort of different, like going going almost more traditional um, Spanish, like we would as if we went out into the sticks in in England, we'd get some of the more countryfied uh, areas of stuff and we'd see more. Um, more natural people, and I think that's what they're we're heading here, and that's why I say the idea of him having a guitar or, or uh, bringing his stories via music or a shared love of music throughout all of that. Yeah, um, it is of course a Spanish language story as well, so it would be all shot in Spain uh, with Spanish language, but also embracing the Spanish music as well, the Spanish music styles, and I think there's there's. Great chance for like sort of vista shots that are easily shot from like a you know an, an easy shot that just sweeps across the sort of the Spanish plains, but with that Spanish music that leads into you know our next culture mm. and, and so and that road yes, trip the idea music
0: can definitely sort of be cultural as well, can't it? The different mm-hmm, yeah. the different varieties from county to county. I think so. Our writer is is Andy Fernandez. It's, it's written partially on some of his own experiences um, in Spain. Uh, so we would definitely leave a lot of the cultural touchstones and the intricacies to to an, uh, an authentic writer, if I would use that word. I would never actually use it in real life, but if I was in a meeting, I probably would use the word authentic. Um, so yeah, so so we'll we'll leave him to 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 pull on all those touchstones.
3: Okay, cool. I think that's all my questions on that one. Um, nice. And uh, so the next idea was a uh, big wig and the barbershop. Mm-hmm. So um, as you were pitching this idea to me, um, what I was thinking of was actually Disney's soul film. Mm-hmm. Um because yep. there was a really kind of quite important scene in there, um, which they added in about the barbershop and this whole kind of, uh, you know, the. The black community in the in the mm-hmm. barber shops and how important that is to them and I find all this stuff as a white person that knows or is not as anywhere near as cultured as I like to be. I find this mm-hmm. stuff really, really quite fascinating and and interesting. And um, so yeah, I'd just like to hear a bit more about that actually. um mm. In terms of uh, what you were thinking uh, on that,
2: yeah, I think I think the idea was that it was it was to tell the story of sort of the civil rights movement but Without actually seeing mm. any of the civil rights movement, only seeing the reactions of the people that come into this barbershop or when it's invaded, when it's actually sort of we could have a scene like where it of is, it is possibly, yeah, yeah, the sanctity yeah. is broken. Um, it's it's a literal one one location, um, shoot. Um, we have the the radio is kind of their lifeline, the the contact to the outside world, but it also allows us to have those the amazing soundtrack uh, of the time mm. um coming through which will which will bleed into and could um emphasize the feelings that the characters feeling mm. in there we'd have we it's also going to be generational so it's not stuck in one time period one location but not necessarily one time frame so we can jump years or we could jump a week we could jump a month we could jump a year when we needed to um by keeping some of the characters the same like the matriarch of the of the uh, building mm. we will we may see her all the way time there may be a point where she passes on um and we could see that within itself we
1: we also joked about the big wig status right and yeah. and we talked about the girl Ma, in mama big wig you know she was the first one that opened up the store and it was it was about they the older women would joke to the younger girls like they haven't they haven't got the big wig yet and it wasn't it <laughs> wasn't status yeah Yeah, like big wig status status. it was more to do with like that feeling of like of understanding the world and understanding people and why places like this are so you know you're not you're not being dragged here by by your mother you're being brought here to be educated to speak
2: to other women to empower other women you know and you haven't got in a time when women weren't empowered especially women of Mm. color yeah um, and so it's got that it's got that steel magnolia's um idea which is it's a shared space for women and and in essence this is a on all female cast there will be um men involved i imagine but very rarely will they be in in any of the scenes um and it's about education it's about growth it's and and it's about us seeing the reality mm. rather than the history books of uh, the civil rights yeah
0: because as the civil rights um, movement is going on you would have people from that were already in their 80s and their thoughts about what happened mm-hmm. in the last 80 years of their life um, and then you'd have people who who are you know 14 15 16 they're coming into their adult years as well um and how what they because if you think about it they would have this spectrum of people in the spectrum of ages would have so many different opinions. You know, you have the sort of Martin Luther King and the Malcolm X on two sides of the same spectrum, right? They want the same goal. They have two different causes, two different ways of rallying around the cause. So you, I think it would be interesting to, to just to sort of look at the spectrum of, of ages and, and opinions at that time. I don't know, something about that interests me. I'd, I would want it to, I'd obviously, I'm not the person to write it or, to, or to anything like that, but I feel, I feel like it's got a lot of potential. To be to be respectful
3: has there ever kind of been a film like this before i'm just trying to think of films and um, where it's maybe had one location but been you know over such a vast kind of time periods that have have been really successful as well i'm just trying to think is this well... kind of a brand new idea or is this it would an d- idea that hasn't worked in the
0: past? Maybe, well, okay, perhaps a good example would be recently Fences. So that was an adaptation of a play. Uh, Denzel directed that. Um, Viola Davison himself were in it. That went to the Oscars, didn't it? The Academy Awards. Um, that mm-hmm. is very much in it in only a, a handful of locations. Um some, I, I think successful is is an interesting metric. I think if it wouldn't be expensive to make, um, and I think you would garner a lot of attention if it was written um, mm-hmm. sort of uh, respectfully, um, and if you if if it was cast right and handled right, um, and
2: written by and created by the people that uh, whose experience life experience this would be. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. Uh, i think at this point in time it would be uh, a cultural winner yeah it wouldn't be expensive to make and it would probably be one of those that in years to come if we did it right would be the thing that people talked about yeah. it would make a name for the production company for sure
0: yeah people would keep coming back to it It would be an indie darling one of those sorts of things
2: mm-hmm.
3: okay um okay jumping on to the last idea then and, and down the hatch so I was um, really, really excited by this idea to begin with. Um, but then you mentioned Jumanji, and I kept thinking more and more about Jumanji, and, you know, yeah, they find a game in the basement, um, which opens I think, up this
0: world. I think and...
2: Goonies is probably a better idea than... Um, Goonies and, like, Stardust are probably better touch points yeah. than and maybe even Jumanji. a dash of Harry
0: Potter or something, right? Because they have this ordinary yeah. British world, like a pub. And then out of this, you know, like, because you have all the ordinary British Privet Drive and all that from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And out of the ordinary stuff comes this world of magic and comes this. And that's uh, how
2: they find, you know, inevitably these families are slightly dysfunctional and they find their way through through that to sort of bonding as a family. Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing about this is that we genuinely thought it becomes a franchise, and it becomes a theme park. It becomes mm. escape rooms. It becomes, do you know what I mean? Like family, a good family day out. Being a family man myself, now we're looking to things to do at summer. We could go, we could go down the hatch, and there could be different areas. So there could be a bottle that is for. Um, Toddlers and parents. There could be one that is for slightly more grown-up kids and parents. There's be some for teenagers, some for adults. Do you know what I mean? Like one of them is just a, a shot drinking pub where you have to <laughs> down 20, 20 shots before you can get out. Those kind of things. But but it becomes a hub. It, effectively, you could make a theme park mm. out of this. To be honest, and and each of the themes and the the, the zones. That was really where we ended yeah. up with this. Is actually the film is, is in itself. We haven't had a good Goonies film in a very long time, and having watched Goonies recently, this is where this came from, having watched Goonies relatively recently with my little one, realising how inappropriate how it is How quite now adult, the same <laughs> age Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that we'd probably need another one now. Um, I don't know about a, a you, Tom, good, but good, solid
1: fun. I don't know about you, Tom, but, but, you know, Sean and I were taken to a lot of pubs as kids, and the cellar was always a very mystical place for me it was always like you know we've got to go down into the cellar or you're not allowed kids aren't allowed down in the cellar because you've got gas and beer and stuff in there you know even though that's where they kept the honey roasted peanuts <laughs> right but and so you know i thought that was another love that brought it brought it through the mm. fact that these kids decide to go into the cellar of this pub to discover and it's it's not just pumps and co2 you know it is like these mystical, you know, These, wine well, bottles. There's something in this bottle, what this... is it?
0: You know, well, be careful, don't drop it, smash. If mist comes <laughs> out, you're inside like a medieval castle, you know, and you're trapped in there with like a princess and you're like, how are we going to get out of here? When's, when's the prince going to rescue us? And the princess is like, I don't need rescuing. Boom, if something comes out of her boot, she busts them out, that's it. The little kid's in love because maybe, that you know, like it looks like his mum. You know, and it's a bit Oedipal for a little while, you know, that's just how things work for the young kids. Um, and the young kid goes on like a medieval adventure, Game of Thrones for kids. And then somebody else, the teenager, is brought into another world, another bottle. And then that world is what the teenager, you know, this miserable, sullen teenager, wants to be alone. Well, you're on a pirate ship. You're in the middle of nowhere. So you're alone as it is. Now what do you do? You know, you your Discman. <laughs> Discman. That ages me. Your Walkman's not working. <laughs> your phone doesn't work. <laughs> You know, what are you going to do now? Are you going to learn and the something? Crack,
1: and the Kraken's coming
0: for Kraken's you. Kraken's coming. So, like, and then that's, you know, that's a theme park, right? It's a theme park, right? Um, so, yeah, they all have different... And the adults go somewhere as well. And we thought it would be really interesting for, like, families to go on it, like, a Goonie style adventure together. Because I don't think you see it as often. Spy Kids, maybe, is, that's quite old. But, like the parents fight with each other, with the other sets of parents, because there's lots of, like, dynamics within adults that are similar to children. So you see the, mm. the adults and the children going on adventures together as well, which we thought and was that's,
1: And then when those worlds, you know, something happens and the worlds collide, like we've got medieval swords fighting a kraken or whatever it was. Yeah, on a ship. Then they, they realise um, that the lessons that the kids have learned in their own worlds and, and the parents are acting like kids and these kids have stepped up because they're like... Oh, it's this amazing fantasy world like almost like when you play video games and you play skyrim and you become the most ultimate form of yourself and that's the way the the film works and obviously then that ties in massively to merchandising right you sell the <laughs> sword of good good jangle or whatever and then
3: so um where would you film this
0: you just film it on stages against green screen. It's the yeah. cheapest way to do it. Yeah. Build a couple Croatia. of Croatia. Yeah, go to Croatia. <laughs> um, yeah. they've already got things standing from Game of Thrones already, still sets Yeah, something. Tunisia
1: Tunisia for the desert places. Yeah. We'll you just
0: know. we'll shoot a lot of it a lot of plates, send out some teams to shoot some plates, and then we'll just who, green uh, screen what's that is
1: in. Viva Viva La Dirt League, who are like a YouTubers, they film they do like a lot of medieval um medieval video game joke stuff they just film it around like medieval ruins and like in the uk like and so you don't even you know
0: you can even do that as well
3: how big would the main cast be
0: good question um i think um you that's where you want to spend the money i think you want to get Mm -hmm. in you know like the reason why something like the new jumanji films did well was because of the cast so you want to get a big, like, um, American star.
2: Two big families, isn't get, it? You want to
0: get, I mean, maybe and, I'm and saying, maybe Kevin Patrick, Hart and Tiffany Patrick Haddish. Warburton. You want Patrick Warburton? Yeah, I mean, that's a good choice, but I'm going Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish for the, um, for, for the <laughs> Americans that have come over to buyer Neil Patrick English Harris pub. is gonna be in
2: one of the places, yeah for sure because he's he'll be, jester, right? he, he'll be the jester, when he will be the jester
0: in the in the medieval one. <laughs> but the best say, the right, way Patrick we're gonna save money be in one of the in one of the
2: yeah, worlds, yeah. yeah. Patrick Neil Harris is one of the worlds. And one best bit is of course the is the kids. So it'll be like a big family of like think home alone sized mm. kids family. Um, but they're going to be cheaper, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, well, so one of them will good. be an
0: Instagram like model. One of them will be a YouTube influencer. So we'll just pluck from spheres that have huge audiences, so they can blog every and some day. Some of them will be good. <laughs> well, none of so them will be fine. good. But they'll all they'll all bring their audience to the set by doing little you know bits of shooting on set or look, what mm, I'm doing today on Snapchat. Tom Holland will be <laughs> one, will be with a teenager. Only <laughs> he, he'll be the young. Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland's, nah, Tom Holland's too
1: expensive, man. He's way too Someone pricey now. To he'll He's do. He'll pricey. do it.
0: He'll after, when Spider-Man dries up and Uncharted's finished, he'll want to do something. So we'll we, he'll we'll bring him back. We'll say it's going to be his franchise, right? We'll pitch it to him like it's his big franchise.
2: Harrison Ford will get on board, and he'll only oh. he'll do it for just the marketing. <laughs> he'll do a
0: cameo, like he do with Star <laughs> yeah. Wars,
2: and he'll do a cameo. Be great.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Um, and he'll play a sort of parody of himself somehow of Indiana Jones. He'll be yeah.
2: he'll be the person that sells. He'll be the, the washed-up thief. Right. He'd be the washed-up thief yeah. that can't do anything anymore. Han Solo. Used to have it. fusion
0: between yeah. Han Solo and yeah. Deanna Jones. Yeah, Exactly. Um,
2: and, of
1: course, uh, the name of the pub, which I think was going to be the the next sort of question. I'm predicting your questions. Name of the pub. has to be very important. It's got to be called The Ship in the Bowl.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I like That's it. good. Love it. So, uh, Mole, I really, really like, actually, just the idea of um just in terms of it being a bit of a road trip um i have a friend very close to me who's obviously moved to uh spain actually as well and has kind of probably gone on a bit of a journey himself whilst he's
0: there and um, has been uh was a previous this Oliver earlier the uh, on one of our previous episode slash deep he would have been yes yeah, yeah. previous
1: he's... winner i believe previous winner of an mm-hmm. of his episode of slash Doop.
3: oh there we go mm-hmm. um so so yeah so this one kind of uh resonates a bit more with me to be quite honest um, on a on a personal level as well um and yeah i just uh i just kind of get the vibe that you mentioned in the original pitch that like it's got a little miss sunshine feel which i interpret to be quite like a you know positive uh, mm-hmm. feeling to this uh film and it sounds like okay there'll be a couple of low points on the journey, but it just sounds like a kind of feel-good story, I suppose, you know, with how the world is going mm-hmm. at the moment. feel goods sort of is it, definitely we? what we all, all mm-hmm. need a bit mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah. In terms of big week, um I actually really like the idea. Um, and the whole barbershop thing, as I said before, really kind of intrigues me. I was thinking, obviously, Disney soul. And then I was wow. also thinking um, coming to America uh one
0: and two and the
1: barbershop scenes there which they're now making another one of so even they've made it transcend to
0: america coming to america yeah they've already done it they've made it mate yeah so that's Um, so it's coming back isn't it this sort of thing
3: yeah wow um so i don't know i kind of felt maybe a little bit on the barbershop side i like me i find it absolutely fascinating but i feel like it's been touched on a lot recently already Mm -hmm. Um, and I know this story you said was more about the the civil rights um, and that side Um, but yeah I just I suppose I haven't felt it perhaps as as much as the other two um, Mm -hmm. on this one Um, down the hatch I think uh, I think the franchise idea sounds amazing uh, just in terms of everything you can uh, spin out from this, I think sounds really, really good. And I also like the uh, stories that, you know, that you guys are coming up with and the whole bottle idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds really, really intriguing and like uh, quite a good um, just money maker as well, mm-hmm. just in, in general for, you know, branching perhaps outside of films. But I think... Um, How I'm judging this is probably solely based on the films only and not the ideas outside of the films. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think in in this case, my favourite is uh, Mole.
0: Wow, look at that. He did what we call a Sean. I was sure he was going for (laughs) Down the Hatch. I was sure that was the one that was going to go in. Oh, okay. Fascinating. So, we've got Mole and we've got... uh, Stand still. Wait. Do I was it? What was the other one? No. no. <laughs> hey, first bit of editing we have to do though. That's good. Moore's law. Yes, law that went through. Yeah. Right. So we've got Mole and we've got Moore's law as the final two that go forward for the three of us, Dan Rowan, and myself, to come into Mr. Daniels' penthouse apartment in in London's glittering, towering Mayfair. city, Mayfair up to the penthouse apartment um, for a private um, uh, little, I don't know what they say, I've never been to a penthouse, but what do they have, nibbles? Someone have had some top quality nibbles put out, the servant or whatever, um, the housekeeper. And we will, we, will, we will have a overlooking the wonderful city of London, we will chat about the ideas. We will whittle them down to, to, uh, to one idea between Mollet and Moore's Law. Very exciting. So, how do you want to do this?
3: Uh, Should we go over the two ideas again?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so,
1: it was our two most recent episodes, actually, 17 and 18, uh, that have come through. Um, so, yes, yeah, so. The obviously we have got Moore's Law that was a exquisite corpse winner with everybody, and then Molle, which was pitched by Andy, Andrew Fernandez. One being a AI based Lord of the Flies versus a building's Roman uh, coming of age story of a young Spanish man. So, which one would you like us to explore first?
3: Should we go back over Moore's Law again, just to? Uh... Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we've got a lovely cool apartment up. here, Mr. Daniels. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've seen better. Mm. I've seen better. But it's, it is lovely being here um, in your wonderful apartment.
2: Um, I wouldn't mind... I think it. I accidentally ate some of the potpourri, actually. <laughs> I thought it was vegetable crisps. And <laughs> so it's all right. Silly. It's all right. Uh, your farts uh, uh, will smell great. <laughs> it's fine. It's
0: true. I'll have a little top-up of champagne if the, um, if the boy is still
2: around. Um,
0: boy! Um,
2: not allowed to call. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: Um, The help. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, Yes, so we've got Moore's Law for you. Go on, Tom. So,
3: I I guess what I would like to know um, from, from each of you is what do you really love about each of those ideas? Like,
0: what really shines out to you guys? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Let's go in the order that we pitch them in, I think. How does that work?
2: Yeah, I love how they do that. I love how he does that, <laughs> just so I have to go first. <laughs> then they'll steal the best bits that I say. and. The, oh, that's my best. way. Oh, my oh,
0: head head head. I'll go I first head. if
2: you want, Dan. I'll, I'll, I'll take up that mantle. Right. I mean, you can go for it. Go for it. You're in the top left-hand
1: corner for me. So. Sure. So the the things I love about Molly is it's going to be bright. Um, it's going to have this real heartfelt, journey that you get taken on think of the the amazing lessons that benjamin button learns in that film when he meets the people it's you know it's about the it's about the journey and smelling the roses rather than the destination and the sort of self-satisfaction that someone would get out of watching Walter Mitty and wanting to experience these life events that they may not have the chance to. Coming to that realization in, in, in Molly is what I like about it, something that might spur you on to go traveling or visit a destination or, you know, go and have coffee with that person that you haven't spoken to at work yet because they might have a multitude of stories that you have no idea about rather than just the loud guy that talks at the pub that's me normally, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's what I really okay. like about it. And then what I like stay about
0: Moly... Was... Oh, uh, shall we stay on Mollet and we'll do Mollet first? And then that way we're all on track, right? I don't mind going next, Dan. i to give you a bit more thinking time. Oh, yeah. go on, then. Um, I... I, I, it's It's been a while, or maybe it's been forever, since I've seen a film about someone um, falling in love with themselves. And there's that old adage where if you want someone to love you, you first have to love yourself. Um, so, I feel like you, ex- you very much for the entire movie, you think that it's about finding. He's trying to find love, find a house, find a reason to settle down, find somewhere to stay, find- but actually he just needs to find that sort of inner peace. He needs to just find himself almost present, if you like, to, coin- to sort of bring about a kind of, um, a mindful phrase. Like, he's just sort of got to be happy wherever he is. Um, and that starts with liking yourself. So I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a romantic comedy about a person trying to fall in love with themselves. Not in that way. Um, but, but yeah. And I think the rest, the rest is somebody else. Well, for, uh, Andy Fernandez will—he'll uh, give us all of the important stuff. But the, the you know and, and the locations and the details and, and the, the wonderful people that come in and weave in and out of this person's life. But for me, I haven't seen a romantic comedy where someone learns to love themselves. Or maybe that's the,
2: for me. It's gonna sorry. for me. It's gonna be the soundtrack. For me, it's gonna be that authentic sort of. I, I love the idea. I don't know if it was Andy's idea, but I'm bolting it on now <laughs> that he's you know he's traveling with his guitar, and so there's this shared learning. There's it's, it's genuine old school troubadour. I'm gonna learn your story. I'm gonna put it into music. I'm gonna take on your musical styles, and maybe that's how he loves himself. By the end, he finally writes his own song about his journey that it actually includes all of those styles together. Um, which we end up releasing as a single I guess <laughs> number one anyway um but it's it's that sort of blend, and we don't hear it as much anymore that sort of, and people are you know the, the big rise of folk, sort of folk rock and and folk and sort of um country and by that I mean sort of uh ambient and naturalistic music of of each country blending in we get that Spanish vibe. Everyone's gonna be missing the sun. So, you know, we've got we've got all of that coming in all together. And and that it feels like a Thelma and Louise kind of road trip as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's there's there's is it heading towards a tragic ending, is it to heading towards a, a glorious ending, and maybe that's something we do or, or don't find out at the end. Um, you know, in his journey to love himself, we never really I, I I kinda like the idea that we never truly find find out he walks off genuinely into the sunset and we hope that his song tells him what we've been doing.
1: One of the things Sean and I loved in Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu was, I can't remember the name of the Portuguese grateful. guitarist, but he... Sue
0: George is how it's spelt. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced.
1: Uh, well, Dan's Portuguese. With the degree's <laughs> name, you should know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, so I love the idea of, but they're turning songs and and doing them in a his own sort of style. So, you know... For example from a great poet of our time lizzo true love ain't something you can buy yourself true love finally happens when you buy yourself so go buy yourself a bottle from another round in the higher shelf so you know what i'm saying that's what he learns that's what he learns and sort of doing like <laughs> taking maybe some popular songs and doing them in a the spanish I'm, style i i'm
2: sorry yes whatever you just I'm said it sounded that brilliant lizzo
0: says i'm on board with yeah um, would you like us to go over Moore's Law and what connects us with Moore's Law, what, what, what we love about it? Yeah. Same
1: order?
3: Yeah, let's do same order. Go yeah, on
1: then. All right. Mm. So what I love about Moore's Law is the sheer epicness of it, right? This idea of finding life, being accepted, tribalism. You know, personally, I hate football because I think it, it you know, I like the sport, but I hate the awful tribalism that comes with it. You know and we've devolved ourselves into that from the day that man crawled out of being a mudkip and whatever and mud you know we decided that we were that we were better off you know when we band together as tribes and we don't form a union and we try and take and steal and everything like that can we create a perfect world can we create uh, is AI doomed to follow the same course of us. One of our touchstones for this was the Prey video game that came out uh 2018 I think it was. Um about, you know, the spoiler alert if anyone hasn't <laughs> played it, but the the whole thing is a simulation to see whether this alien would take over humanity or whether we could live in symbiosis with it and that would be the kind of thing if ai is getting and even if you look in cyberpunk for example which came out recently but has been around for a long time they hide a lot of their ais behind a wall because the malicious ones will try and take over and they only allow the good ais through who try who will help us who will be beneficial to us so those are the sort of touch points i see this people love having this fear of technology um that drives our entire lives and so turning that into something that's tangible could you fall in love with an ai i know i would because i'm so lonely but you know um and that's even been brought on that's and that's been explored in minor cases around a lot of different genres and pieces of media but it's not been smashed into one
0: yeah i mean to put it basically like we have all this data and, and when we had Lawrence Ampofo on, he discussed some of the data that is already being gathered, that can almost project forward what would happen with artificial intelligence. And, and there's loads of different spectrums of artificial intelligence. Um, I love the idea of taking the data we have and empirically creating almost instead of creating models out of them, you create a show out of it. So you have everything be almost as factually correct as possible, as if you were looking backwards in time, like with Walking with Dinosaurs. So. I've never seen a science fiction that takes a look at these microcosms um, and treats them like it's fact, you know, treats them like Richard, uh, Richard, David, one of the Attenboroughs, the one that wasn't in Jurassic Park, David, David. Yeah. Um, treats them as if they're being narrated and as if they are a factual document, um, as if, as if maybe they're, I don't know, they just, they're, it's just, it's a fact, this is what's going to happen, it's what has happened, it's, it's happening now. And you sort of see it from this almost objective position, like you see nature documentaries, you know, like they're not allowed to interfere. Um, so you see the mixture of the intensely harsh uh, and the amazingly beautiful and the bits you can connect with and the bits that are so alien to you. And I was sort of, I have never seen that in a science fiction ever. Um, so that that the uniqueness of that is something that that grabs me and almost like the fact that you could stand behind it and say, well, it's all based on factual evidence of what we've got so far what the data tells us so far Um, that's exciting to scientists as well as well as the people who would like it for the creative thing
2: yeah for me it's watching evolution so it's watching what these ai would so as creatives we could become far more interesting in how each of these ai might evolve based on the data within all these biospheres but that how all of that alienness is still utterly relatable to uh, facets of human nature uh, in in a day to day, and we could be very clever, borderline political with all of these statements based on fact and data, and how that might work, and um, sort of slightly influential within within our world. Yes, budget wise. We don't want to talk about it but you know we, we also could be the next matrix the next um what's the, what's the, who are the um Weta, mm-hmm. is, that, who is that who made the um the so that we could actually be pioneers of the next cgi and this evolutionary um the evolutionary ai that kind of creates the new things and create um, a, a, an engine that can effectively be used because they, they've already just done that for a game haven't they where you can you can go online and create a new face that is effectively, you can mess around with the face and makes a 3D model of your face that is free on, is it the Unreal Engine that's yeah. doing that? Um, oh, wow. And that's, uh, w- we could c- potentially create something like that in terms of e- an evolution or, or how mm. robotics could evolve that comes out of the film that we could then sell on to become sort of yeah. um, the next big powerhouse in, in CGI and, and AI. So um, I'm actually quite excited about the, the technology within this piece and how we can use that to make something creative and and, and something interesting
3: awesome so and i suppose my next question guys would be in terms of the ideas that have been put forward so far for the by the previous adjudicators and and the winners from that what was the nature of those ideas like and the only reason i Mm -hmm. ask is because in the world of finance we talk about spreading the risk um and so what i would love is for you guys, when you come to make a final decision, to have a mixture of uh, you know things to choose from. Mm. So, for example, if you've got um, you know two other final ideas that are about um, you know uh, someone um, developing in in Spain or something or going on a journey mm-hmm. in in Spain uh, already, then pff, to me it would be slam dunk AI. But if you've already got two others that are AI. Maybe it
0: would be slammed I down, think we're
2: but, quite lucky in this yeah. regards. So the yeah. first winner was Becky's, wasn't it? Was This Train Terminates. So that
0: was an out-and-out out sort of horror, gore... Slasher. Slasher, yeah. with a bit of comedy in there, but but primarily sort of a yeah. gore-slasher sort of film. Um, so, and then the second one was... Uh, it was Fence. Whose idea for Fence won the one? It wasn't... Dan. I, I what was yours, Dan? I can't It was remember.
2: mine. That was Dan. Yeah, it was the first... English yes. network for crime, 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 for crime high English.
0: fighting yes. education. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So then. So we, we obviously have Becky Pantling's horror one. Um. And then uh, we had Dan de one. Actually, no bias at all. It, it won fair and square. Um. And it was a it was an acronym, fence. Um. Although it was an acronym. What's the, what's the one where it's um like BBC? No, there is no it's 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 called, it's an in, in initialism is what it is. But um because. Oh wait, no, it is an acronym because you say fence. Yeah, of course, yes. my bad. Yeah, yes. they were, I was trying Sorry. to be intelligent, good. and I was extremely stupid. Uh, <laughs> and I googled,
1: an I googled initialism, and it gave me acro- acronym. So you could, you were right <laughs> so as well. So you were right in both right cases. as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, yes, ultimately, uh, it was. Um, I suppose you would say it's sort of Umbrella Academy meets Harry Potter. It's sort of like a, a teen superhero, a gritty teen superhero thing. Um, I, I'm not trying to skew you in any way, but I feel like if you were to pick, there it has a kind of uh, global. It's a Netflix of, series. Yeah. It's a global feel, and it's and yeah. it's got like. Well, all it's, around... it's
2: intrinsically English to start yeah, with. Yeah, sorry, mm, I didn't mean global.
0: Sure. I meant sort of. Um, mm. I, a
2: slightly more epic nature. Yeah. But, but it has some mm, shades of Mole. In I think it more, in the, than more than in the yeah.
1: superheroy um like yeah, sorry kind more, of spook, more meta meta human we had like a, it was like, like meta human origin stories all coming together to help one unique event um if you think about think heroes but the like, heroes. what heroes should have been, yeah, that, should have basically been. yeah
0: basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. um set in britain set in all around the uk um
2: so nothing like either of them, to be honest. <laughs> which nothing is great. It, just, like it
1: proves we just have really unique pictures <laughs> across everything when we come to Slash jeep which is really nice.
3: So, okay. So, um, I mean, it's great. You know, I've, I've noticed there's a theme here in terms of films beginning with with the letter M, that are great. There's obviously Mole, More Law, and obviously Disney's Mulan, which I noticed got uh, <laughs> yes. criticised by Slashdu. Uh, Dan, Dan very much, with, um,
0: Tom's uh, very much enjoyed my uh, review of Mulan, which I, the live action one that on Disney Plus that I've eviscerated, thinking that, forgetting that it automatically dumps it to our Facebook page um, and uh, everybody could read it. And Tom felt very differently, didn't you, about the, the live action Mulan?
3: I I did on this one. I did. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about <laughs> Mulan today, which is a great film. Please, everyone, watch it.
0: Um... <laughs> I, I'm not getting involved in this. We had a conversation about this last time we met up on on, on video chat, <laughs> and it was far too long then. All right.
3: Um. So, I think. Do you know what? I think more uh, more law is. More really, really... Yeah moore's law sorry is a really 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 good idea Mm -hmm. but i am gonna go with mole Mm -hmm. and the reason is i just feel something like that hasn't been done for such a long time and it's kind of like um if it's done in the right way it could be a real kind of feel good bringing everyone together kind of Mm -hmm. story and i I just really like that idea in terms of, like, I just think that's what the world needs a little bit at, at the moment, yeah. to be quite honest. And um, so, yeah, I think on another day, I would have gone <laughs> with Moore's Law. But today and my kind of personal uh, feelings towards it, which I said I'd make my uh, mm-hmm. final decision on the personal
0: feelings, has to be more so. Oh, t- thank you, Tom. That's an excellent Amazing. choice. They're, they're all excellent, obviously. We're proud of all of the ideas and all of the contributors to every individual episode, whether they won or not, they're, they're all winners because they're all fantastic and unique ideas. Um, but we're very happy and proud and honoured to say uh, well done, uh, Andrew Fernandez, for your idea for Molly, which goes into the final, along with Becky Pantling's This Train Terminates. Um, and Dan de Cruz I'm looking
2: effects. forward to the trip to Spain
0: to <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> as was nice. Tom was deliberating I was thinking neither of these ideas are easy to turn into a trailer so
2: no. Oh, oh no <laughs> I would happily happily have a little road trip around Spain to shoot that trailer are you volunteering for happen. yourself
1: as Molly and I uh, my, sorry <laughs> Mileno. Mileno 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 <laughs>
2: yeah so um, I have to get I have to brush up my Spanish if we're going to do that. So
3: the last time I was in Spain in in Barcelona visiting my friend I had a uh, rubbish bin thrown at me by um someone who had been busted shoplifting um, and I was just Plastic. an innocent bystander in the shop but I mean it would be great if that could make do you know what to I
1: show you what Spain mean? is like
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's
1: that's one of the things that if it if it's in the contract you know we'll we'll fulfill it yeah well don't worry <laughs> we'll <laughs> throw think. a bin She'll at you Tom in. that'll
0: be an easy thing for us to
2: do. <laughs> we so um we also
0: we went to um uh Sidges didn't we together uh, and saw uh, met our friend met Ollie who we've had a friend of the podcast um and Chris Beach who also another friend of the podcast he was on Mm. Um, his idea did very well. Um, so we we went to Sidges and, and we went to the film festival there. So there's a big film festival there. Um, uh, big sort of horror film festival that they have every year. I'm sure COVID is, is screwing it all up, um, but we're really keen. And Becky Pantling, who again has been on the podcast, um, she had a, a short film show at the Sidges Film Festival. So maybe there's something in Molay. There's something that's bringing us back to, to, to Spain and uh, and we're going to be able to sort of maybe we'll make this trailer and show it at at uh, at, at the Sidgers Film Festival. I mean, we definitely won't. But there's 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 a certain poetry there. Definitely, I think everyone at home will agree. Um,
3: I love that you said we definitely won't. <laughs> it's not, it's not a positive attitude. No, I don't want to see this
0: trailer. Not even the people that. Voted Here just for
2: to make it. the trailer, not the film. Just the trailer. That's it.
0: But yeah, so. Um, that was a fantastic episode. Tom, you asked some incredibly interesting pertinent questions. Uh, we're always honoured to have our adjudicators come on and um, give us uh, their sort of creative views through the lens of what they love and what they do. So we're really honoured to have you uh, here today. Tom, did you did you have a good time? What did you... Well, how do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah, guys,
3: just wanted to say thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, and I, I can't wait to see the trailer at the end of the season for whichever uh, film is chosen.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we'll keep you posted and, and we'll let Andrew know. He'll be extremely happy to know his um, his idea won. Um, but, yeah, so thank you, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's been wonderful to have you. And um, thank you, Dan, and thank you, Ryan. It's, it's been good. It's, it's always you. good to sort of come in and pitch stuff together, isn't it? Like, and fill in uh, ideas for each other and little gaps. And it's it's I love the Adjudicator episodes because we get to work together in a way that we... You know, we, we, it's a little bit more of an element of competition when we're uh, and, in the standard episode.
1: And that's what SlashTube's all about. Good night, kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a worse exit than <laughs> my one where I talked about trees falling in the woods or whatever. Yeah, that's, that was bad. Um, but yeah, thanks, everyone. Been a good episode.
3: 2021, What's Up Danger?